0: Welcome to the Music Tas Podcast. My name is Keith Deverell, and I'll be introducing the next series of episodes. I begin today by acknowledging the Palawa Pakina people of Lutruwita, Tasmania, and their connections to land, sea, and community. And I pay my respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. And I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across the nation. The Music Taz podcast gives voice to the music industry of Lutruwita, Tasmania through conversations, chats and interviews with and between people in our music industry. At Music Taz we hold a strong belief that within our wonderful island lies a sea of knowledge and experience that when shared can educate, inspire and promote our music and our industry. The Music Taz podcast is gratefully supported by Arts Tasmania.
1: We stand strong for our country. Because we are the people of Lutruwita. All the way from Narapunna to our beautiful Kunanyi. This is our land and we will always stand. Double man, and fire Strong the sea. The strength of our grandmothers growing singing strong. In
0: this episode, we're going to listen in on a conversation between Peter Haronek and Scott Target. Peter and Scott are the curators and instigators of the Tasmanian songbook. The Tasmanian Songbook is a program of music presented through Festival of Voices that speaks directly to the heart and identity of the island and its people. To start this conversation, I'd like to welcome you both and ask one very simple question. Why did you start the Tasmanian Songbook? It's a very good question to
2: start with and it might take a while answering it, actually. It actually morphed. So the whole project started out um, you might not even be aware of this, Scott, actually. Back in 2020, really, they're almost the end of 2019, 2020, before the plague hit us, we were working out ideas for the, for the 2020 festival. One of the ideas was this idea of a, of a, of a Tasmanian song repository called the Sound Lounge Project. L- let's have a, have a space where you could walk into and you could sort of have a catalogue of songs that were all Tasmanian or about Tasmania and songs that you'd never realised even existed and you could put on some headphones, private headphones and, and plug in and have a listen and we thought, that, that sounds good. By the end of uh, 2020, morphed into two ideas and one of those ideas was we went from a sound lounge to a vinyl lounge and the vinyl lounge we actually did last year. As the name suggests, we had... Um, uh, in the Founders Room, we, had, we set up a, a vinyl lounge with just a couple of turntables, and, and we had Peter G and um, Paul McIntyre from the ABC just talk about music and songs. If you know Paul, you'll know he's very passionate about songs. So we did that. And then this other thing was the, we imagined a large-scale live concert of Tasmanian songs. I think the first first name was um, the the Great Tasmanian Songbook Project. Laura Harper and I um, workshopped it. Laura was the ex-CEO of Music Tasmania and so she had a, a strong interest in Tasmanian music. Myself, being Tasmanian, I've always enjoyed the live music and the, and the local music scene and the arts in general and I thought this is a really good legacy project or could be a really good legacy project. And one of the early things we came... Um, to the realization that it had to be co-curated by the by the Tasmanian music community. We need someone to collaborate with. Laura and I can sort of kicked around a few ideas and we thought this fellow called Scott Target was pretty good. He was uh, did a couple of shows for us at the festival. He was a good musical director. he was a multi-instrumentalist and he's old enough to be um, intergenerational with his with his genres. so and Scott, I think, you got a you got a phone call or an email out of the blue?
3: Yeah, got a got an email from yourself and Laura just it was a bit secretive actually. It's like what are these guys up to? It was something along the lines of, you know, we've got this idea for a project, we can't really say much more than that, but would you be keen to meet up for a coffee? So, you know, I'm always always up for for new things, new projects. So, we had this coffee and um as a Tasmanian myself, and obviously a musician and a fan of music, yeah, I was very intrigued. While Peter and Laura were sort of talking about the concept and how they were imagining you know, what songs might be involved, I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, how we can make this happen on stage? Who would be, who do I need? Who can I bring in? they would mention a different artist and a different song, and I'd think, OK a different collaborator would come to mind and i suppose from there i guess we had the Tasmania songbook project and I- somebody says, oh, have you heard this? And they bring up something and then it goes, becomes something else and that becomes something else. Yeah, I I learnt so much doing it, researching it. Different Tasmanian bands, different songwriters, different artists. People I didn't realise were Tasmanian. I knew their songs. I didn't know that that was a Tasmanian artist. Then there were musicians and artists I'd heard of, but I didn't know what they'd done. So we jumped into those rabbit holes and I don't know how long that first list was, Peter. It was pretty huge. It
2: was pretty good. I mean, when we added that bit about songs, not just songs by us um, and about us, but songs about us, inspired by us, done by Mm. other bands, what quickly happened, I thought, was that whole bucket. So there was different buckets that the categories tended to Mm. fall into, wasn't it? We had the traditional
3: songs, like the convict songs, stories about being sent off to Van Diemen's land... There were the songs written about Tasmanians, like you mentioned Errol Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. famous actor, which was a big hit by Australian Crawl.
2: Yep, and protest songs. I mean, mm. that I thought was a real emerging category. It all started with, you know, Franklin Dam and Goanna and their big song there. And... We
4: fell a forest and we sky the land to be Desecrate it with greedy hands Destroy the beauty that nature finds Let the Franklin fall, let the wildlands be Who will the wilderness She be strong and free Put keen to the south with shore
2: One of my favourite buckets was the, you know, the coulda beans, the bands that almost made it, and they were good enough. But back in the day, I think the, the big music corporations like your Sony's and all those um, had, a, had a whole... I think it was strategic on their part to actually have a bucket of people in the same sort of genre... And out of that would come a winner, and they would back that winner, and let the others wither away, who were potential competitors. And I think I, I actually heard that from talking to some of those old bands, and you know they weren't very, they weren't very happy in talking about the <laughs> the big record producers and the big record companies. Some did make it, like uh, Kevin Sheacock, you know, who was uh, won a big gong back in the 60s mm. from Bernie, so that was one of the oldest songs that we Wonderful made. country artists. Oh, yeah. But there were more of them that didn't make it, and um, that's a big bucket, and it's, uh, and it's lovely to talk to those sort of guys because the two songs we're going to do this year, Devils in Heaven from Lonnie and... Reckless Hearts from Hobart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: but in some people's books, like they they weren't bands that didn't quite make it. They, they were successful. You know, they left Tassie, they were on the touring circuit on the mainland. They
2: even made it on Countdown. Molly uh, gave a big rap for what was the one we did last year? Oh, The Innocents. The Innocents. Mm. Yeah. The Innocents were incredible. And
3: they, yeah, performed on Countdown on a few occasions, I believe, and performed all over the world.
2: Yeah, and Molly so, said, watch out for this Tasmanian band. These guys are going to be big. Cravats, we're doing this year. another 1960s Hobart band. They had the the pleasure of actually knocking off the Beatles for a while in Hobart on the Hobart charts, on the uh, I think 7HO radio charts. Mm. The Cravats actually knocked out the Beatles for a few weeks.
3: See, I, as you know, I'm a big Beatles fan, and you
2: know, is that sacrilegious to you?
3: Yeah, it's it's harsh. I'm actually performing <laughs> a Cravat song. You know, they took off, they knocked the Beatles
2: off number one. So we'll, we'll make sure we put that in the narrative that yeah. you're not happy. Yeah. yeah. And the narrative is important on this because people are saying, "Why did you put this song into the into the songbook?" So we have to give that, yeah. that background and 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 explain those sort of uh, our ideology, if you like, around it. It's a big ask because when we were workshopping this, you know, Laura and I asked ourselves a few questions and. Some of them were, what are the songs that define us? What are the songs that say something about us? That was the start of another bucket, really, was that whole sense of home and place and belonging and, Mm. you know, having lived here all my life, there is a thing called islandness, if you like. We're all homing pigeons at the end of the day. We leave, we come back, we leave, we come back because there's something about being living on an island, growing up on an island that actually draws you back all the time and I think that reflects in our music. And musically, Tasmania, we are on the cusp, I reckon. We're on the cusp of being an, like Ireland or Iceland or Newfoundland or those other great creative islands
3: around the world. Yeah, definitely something in the mentality of isolation, mm. being on an island. And although we're so connected with Melbourne and Sydney and the rest of the country, yeah, it does play a part on the mindset of an artist, or probably maybe everybody, just being separated enough having that water between where
2: we are now and the rest of the world, it does change things. And self-sufficiency. You've got to be self... You'll learn to be self-sufficient. We're all multitaskers in, in Tasmania, I reckon. I reckon that's good for creativity. You're not just a specialist in one particular area. You've got a more holistic view. I think that's really starting to come out now in a lot of the songwriting. I mean, you've seen it, you know, with the emerging artists we look at. Last well, that's year, another this
3: bucket year. within oh, itself, great. but also spills into the buckets we've already spoken of because it's not just about established artists. It's about the emerging. Mm. It's about celebrating what's coming up. The young songwriters. The excitement that is to come in
2: the Tasmanian music. I'm excited by particularly the emerging Aboriginal artists, Tasmanian Mm. Aboriginal artists. Once we've we've got songs that we think are worthy by our own sort of measures that we put on that, that we think we can do justice to in a performance way as well, then we try and build the narrative of the night. If you like, it, it, it's got to be a roller coaster. It's the classic joyful, happy, sad, tragic, and when we take people on a journey to the break. You know, oh, I'm exhausted. What's what's going to happen in the second half? And we like to finish on a big song. We won't tell anybody what the big song is this year, but it's a very worthy big song and it's a cracker. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. We want people to leave th- thinking that was a hell of a journey and the narrative that we build into that in presenting each song. Helen Shield will be the narrator this year and, and Helen's a, a big Taz music supporter and what she does during Music Month is fantastic. And, so, and, and she's got an immense knowledge of, of all that sort of stuff. So once we, once we work out those songs and the, and, the, and the narrative of the night, then it's over to Mr Magic here to, to pull the musical direction together and to find the right performance. It starts both ways. We, we look at performing artists first. I mean, we've got the core band. You know, mm. that's the key thing. And so all You are an
3: incredible yeah. set of
2: musicians, I must say. Yeah. I like the way you reimagined some of the songs too. John Williamson's song, God, I hope he's not listening, John Williamson's song, You Come Back to Tassie's, very daggy song, but the way it was reimagined last year made it cool and actually gave it, mm. I think, a little bit more more meaning that Nick and Tom Wolfe, you know, the way that they delivered it, I think it was mm. Tom's arrangement pretty much, wasn't it? I yeah. Think. Yeah, made, it, made a daggy song cool.
4: The cradle in the sky The wild web that Franklin River rolls you visit the little towns They're the friendliest in the world And all the memories of those Are good old folks, yeah Yeah, they'll bring you home Oh, you come back It's Tassie, you come back but Don't deny it You couldn't stay away i
2: love the switching up that we're doing between genders and things too. So, you know, with Claire and Taylor doing the heavy lifting on uh, A Tale They Won't Believe, whoo, big song to sing, Huge. tough song. To do a cover justice or improve a cover in case of John Williamson's song and those other, you know, a couple of other songs we did is you, you got to have really fine, fine players and fine musicians. But
3: once we've got our kind of list of artists or sometimes like the songs come before the artist. It's like, this is a great song we need to have this this year. Can we get the person that wrote that to perform it? And it all takes a lot of time and sort of toing and froing and changing what that song is or who the artist is until we get the final line up. It's okay, this artist is performing this song that they wrote. And then we try to also get them to do a cover of a song that is either by a Tasmanian artist or like in the case of the Errol Flynn situation written about a Tasmanian. So far I don't think we've had anybody kind of say, no, I only want to do my own music. Mm. They're all so charged to open that trunk and go oh, look at all that Tasmanian music. What can I do? Sometimes we suggest songs or they might come to us and say, I'd love to do this. I love what you've suggested but how about this one instead? Which is great. It's collaborative. It's a good way to get to the the final list of the songs
2: mm. and they smash it you know ewa mm. smashed that that cover
3: oh incredible it's so know. powerful
2: yeah mon smashed the cover that she mm. did that was a, a good example so Monique brumby had a brand new song the song about draining lake Pedder, walk on that sand again was the song and it's a beautiful song and so we had this she, she did the the cover of I can't remember what the song was now. she did the innocence the Innocence. she did yeah. she smashed the innocence out of the park that's right. And then did her own song, which really was a very different vibe and and that to me, you know, she's a very, very talented singer and songwriter, so... Mm. Um, Two completely different performances. Yeah, yeah. And that to me again is like, damn, we're pretty good, these museos, down here. Mm.
1: Sooner or later you get to the point where...
2: And Jed, Jed covered. Uh, actually, I sport the party. You know that, don't you? So we did. The, the last song we did last year was "Home" by Chris Coleman, and he was in. The, Jed Appleton performed the. Yeah, the and piece. Jed Appleton performed. Yeah. But Chris was in the audience, and I walked past Chris and I said, uh, "You happy with the song we've chosen for you? Or you know?" The, and he looked at me all dumb, and I thought, oh, damn! I've just given it away.
5: Put your foot in it. <laughs> I've given
2: the surprise <laughs> away." But Jed, you know, and and the whole ensemble just played that beautifully. That
3: was a beautiful moment. It was. Bringing everybody back on stage for the yeah. finale. Yeah. Which we'll do again this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But we can't tell you what the song is.
5: when on this road For I say too far is better than too close I tell you, you're walking this highway But you're on your own Even when the crow flies high how will the God within your sky? Well, you get up, get dressed, wash face, breakfast
2: rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole and, and to me that says that that's why this project is actually worth doing because you, we start to uncover, we start to educate, reveal a bit of our history and, and hopefully provide some sort of legacy and some, and more importantly some sort of inspiration for, for emerging songwriters to, to say, OK, I want to I be part of the songbook. I want to write something that's part of the songbook. I'd love, 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 love this project to be ongoing, Mm. you know, well and surely ongoing.
3: It could be something that was already around for years. That's the kind of of project that this is because it could, it's taking music that's happening now. You know, one song that we've got coming up this year is, you know, it's spent weeks and weeks in the top ten country charts, but it's also songs, as we've mentioned, from the 60s that were in the charts mm. It's unknown songs that have never been possibly never been performed in public before and this and their songs that repertoire of songs is different every year like you can you could pull from all different angles and fill those buckets up and have a completely fresh show
2: at the end of the day it's hard we've got you know 19 songs for it two-hour gig with an interval it's it's really tough it's overwhelming mm. the amount of, of music and isn't that great i mean that's yeah. something to be yeah. celebrated that's, it is overwhelming that's great if we were scratching around trying to find songs and you know uh, that's not worth doing then is it mm.
3: but the quality of the
2: music coming out of
3: tasmania it's always has been and still is mm. just incredible
1: a goose, but so far
2: The idea way back around a Tasmanian sound lounge is still in the back of my head because I think that would be so cool to be able to walk into a place I don't know where that place could be. and there's a catalog. There's the back catalog of Tasmanian songs that you didn't know existed. We had songs coming out of the woodwork that I certainly didn't know existed. and we haven't spread this very far yet. This is only the second year. And um, and the first year that we've left Hobart, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And once that word spreads, what we want us to be is bombarded with people that have said, hey, you know, I've had songs sent, sent in and some of them are dreadful, but uh, that's my personal humble opinion and it's not for me to say they're dreadful. It's, it's for me to say that actually this is an important part of our history that needs to be documented, stored, catalogued in some way. And I'd love nothing better than a catalogue of, uh, of of songs. My partner was a big fan of Hey Mook, you know, and Hey Mook um, was a great band. Still, they still muck around a little bit, the old guys. And, and of, of my era, my vintage, if you like, um, the Datsun 120 Wise, you know, another great band, Fern Chutney, mm. um, Chris Coleman's Dad John. Mm, great band. Uh, great band, great songs. I mentioned those three names and most of the people wouldn't know who they were. But, gee, they were good songs. Mm. Uh, if only people got the chance to hear them yeah. that weren't there at the time. I'd, I'd love nothing better than to actually start to create a catalogue, an accessible catalogue, and in some sort of uh, an affair way to distribute it. Um, you know, that's important. We don't, you know, so that the artists even can clip the ticket on the way through when we have a listen. That'd be awesome because that's what it's all about. We've got to feed our artists. We've got to encourage them. I like to think that festivals like Festival of Voices does provide a, a platform to celebrate artists and celebrate emerging artists, celebrate Tasmanian artists because I think the key ingredient is, is confidence. Tasmania's emerging confidence over the last 10 years, yes, Mona Effect is part of it, but it's mm-hmm. deeper than that. It definitely there's a real sense of we're as good as anybody else. Hell, we're even better than other people it's already happening in the food and beverage sectors events are certainly there and music's not too far behind i don't think if we can celebrate i guess there, there's the answer to the question celebration is important celebration of ourselves is important i think mm-hmm. uh, as as artists and if we can celebrate and build confidence i think the rest will happen oh.
5: But it her on the wind. I met a pretty from the city, brought her out to the farm. Yes, I did. Put a ring on her finger, put a name on my own. Got a love on the snow, like a lit cigarette. If there's anything better, man, I ain't seen it.
2: It can't be um, Hobart-centric, it has to be, um, it has to be statewide.
3: Like, it's not the Hobart songbook, it is the Tasmanian songbook. Yeah, this year we do get to take it to Devonport and to Launceston, but maybe in the future, even further.
2: You know, because the key thing to us is celebration needs to be large-scale, needs to be big stages, needs to be well-produced, good tech... As as we demonstrated last year, uh, Scott, you even said yourself, you know what a what a delight it was to perform on the Theatre Royal stage. Oh, Is that the first time you performed on the stage.
3: That was yeah. There
2: you go. Yeah,
3: but yeah, like that was my first time performing at Theatre Royal, and that was like it's the best, the best place. Yeah. I've since being back again just recently, and I imagine every artist that performs there spends a moment they just first walk onto that stage when they arrive in the afternoon. And just take it in. Yeah, it's special.
2: Like you stand it? there in silence. Just, it is special.
3: It's yeah, great.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, that's, that's, part of, that's part of that confidence building. And say, so, yeah, know,
1: yeah.
2: I've played
0: there. I've gigged there. To go back to that very original question, why did you start the Tasmanian songbook? Do you think you could give us a one-line sentence that answers that now? Why? Because Tasmanian music is
3: incredible. And to perform it is a treat.
2: If we don't celebrate what's got us to this point and we don't preserve that, we have no reference point. And legacy is such an important thing for this state. You know, we've made plenty of mistakes in Tasmania. Document it. Don't don't sweep it under the carpet. Bring it out. Rewrite it, you know. And a lot of the songs that are yet to emerge and a lot of the, the, the stories out of those songs that, that emerge, worth preserving, worth celebrating. Yes, no, just keep on walking
4: down, you're almost gone. <laughs> Even when the priest tells lies, and the children at his heart to cry.
0: Peter Scott thank you so much thank you thank you Keith really look forward to seeing the next iteration and hearing the next iteration of the Tasmanian songbook thank you If you have enjoyed this episode, please listen to other episodes on your favourite podcasting platform or via the Music Tasmania website, musictasmania.org. Till next time, keep listening and loving Tassie music.